All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? A two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Why, Jello again. This is Buck Benning speaking. I hope you're having a wonderful Easter weekend. It's great that we can bring you tonight's show and the tie into Easter so well. We have, uh, first, we're bringing you Jack Benny's show from 1952. And this show is Jack going on the Easter parade with Mary. I just love it when he does the Easter parade shows. I think um, I think of all of television, all of radio, if I compare this to all the Easter shows ever made, uh, this is my favorite of anything ever done for Easter. It's just so much fun. When I was listening to this in the car on my way home from work and trying to figure out if I needed to do a new intro and things, which I decided I needed to do. It's 2017, by the way. And... Uh, I, I just enjoyed it so much. It's just, what a great way to introduce all the different cast members of the show. Give them their little spotlights, sing a little song. It's it's just so wonderfully done and such a great idea. They did it in 1949. This is the second time they did it. It's 1952. Uh, this would be the last time they would do it with Phil Harris on the show. And after this, they would do it again in 53 and again in 54. Uh, just shows how much they uh, thought it was a good show and would bring it to people. And it just, like I say, a great way to introduce the characters. Uh, what's kind of fun about tonight's episode, you'll have one character that they introduce. It's, it's the first time he's on it, the show, in like a decade. Uh, he was on in 42 was the last time, I believe. And this is, of course, uh, the actor Arthur Q. Bryan, who plays the Elmer Fudd character. And so you could totally hear his Elmer Fudd coming through in this performance. And his scene with Jack is just so wonderful in this episode. After this, we'll bring you the Phil Harris Show. And on the Phil Harris Show, it's an Easter episode as well. It's about Alice's Easter dress. I think you'll really enjoy that one. And then following that, we jump back to 1942 to catch the last of the episodes that has Percy Kilbride on it. Percy Kilbride, of course, is the actor who plays Pa Kettle in the Ma and Pa Kettle series of films. And he was, at this point, Jack had brought him out from New York. He had been in uh, George Washington's Slept Here, the play production, and Jack wanted him in the movie production. So they were filming the movie, and at the same time they were filming the movie, he would Jack would have him be in the uh, Jack's radio series. And I don't know if that was a deal that Percy Kilbride made, where Jack had to put him on the radio series, or if Jack just invited him on. I like to think that Jack would just, out of the warmth of his heart, say, hey, why don't you come on and be on our, our radio series so you can make a little extra money being on here, at the same time being in the movie. So... He was on for four weeks, and this is the last of his four weeks. So I hope you enjoy his performance with Jack Benny from 1942. Anyway, without further ado, 
Happy Easter. Enjoy these fantastic episodes of the Jack Benny Show. No better way to celebrate Easter. Ever since um, I first got back into Jack Benny in 2002, so that's 15 years ago, I guess, I've listened to these Easter episodes every single Easter since then, and Easter's just not the same without them. I hope you'll make this part of your annual Easter tradition as well. Enjoy. Lucky Strike presents the Jack Benny Program. But first, here's an important message from the National Tobacco Tax Research Council. Smokers, next time you buy cigarettes, remember that over 800,000 tobacco farm families thank you for contributing to their support. And remember also that you help support your government, federal, state, and local. When you buy a pack of cigarettes, the federal government gets eight cents. Most local and state governments get three or four cents more. That's better than a 50% tax on every cigarette you smoke. Yes, in buying cigarettes, over half your packs go for tax. And now, the Jack Benny Program, transcribed, presented by Lucky Strike. Be happy, go lucky, be happy, get better taste, be happy, go lucky, get better taste today. Friends, tear and compare. See for yourself that Luckies are made better to taste better. From a newly opened pack, take a cigarette made by any other manufacturer. Carefully tear a thin strip of paper straight down the seam from end to end and gently remove the tobacco. In tearing, be sure not to loosen or dig into the tobacco. Now, do exactly the same with a lucky strike. Then compare. Some cigarettes are too loosely packed. Some even fall apart. But look at that lucky. See how it stays together, a perfect cylinder of fine, mild tobacco. Now, what does this mean to you as a smoker? It means exactly this. Because your lucky is so round and firm and fully packed, you avoid annoying loose ends that spoil the taste, hot spots that burn harsh and dry. Because your lucky has long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco, it burns evenly, smokes smooth and mild. Yes, tear and compare. Prove to yourself that Luckies are made better to taste better. Then make your next carton Lucky Strike. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sportsman Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Easter Sunday, and in cities all over the country, people are Easter parading. Right now, in Beverly Hills, Jack is getting ready for his stroll down Wilshire Boulevard. The moment he's taking a shower, and Rochester is laying out his clothes. Mm-hmm. Mr. Benny's been in that shower a long time, but he always stays in there pretty long. He'd get through sooner if he'd sing in the shower like everybody else instead of playing his violin. <laughs> well, I'd better lay out his clothes. Oh, Rochester. Yes, boss? I'm through with my shower. Bring me a nice big towel. The biggest towel we have is the one you took from the Acme Plaza Hotel. <laughs> well, bring me that. I can't. It's still on the roller. <laughs> well, bring me any towel. I'm cold. Yes, sir. Here you are. Thank you. Here, Rochester, hang my violin on the line. 
<laughs> Professor LeBlanc is giving me a lesson tomorrow. Yes, sir. You want your clothes now, boss? Just my shorts. I'm going to do my exercises. Here you are. You've really been doing your exercises regularly, haven't you? That's right, Rochester. I want to look nice and trim on my TV show next Sunday. Well, I'll start with my bending exercises. One, two, three, and four. Bend down, touch the floor. Lift my arms up in the air. Bend down, pick up your hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gee, it's hard to bend down like that. Oh, boy. Now for your knee bends. Ready? Uh-huh. Okay, go. Yeah. Down, up. Down, up. Down, up. Down, up, 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 up. Congratulations, boss. You made it. Yeah, that's enough for today. I better get dressed. And I think I'll wear my blue suit today. That all looks swell. I'll get it for you. Good. And Rochester, while I finish dressing... Look through my closet, see if any of my clothes need to be sent to the cleaners. Yes, sir. Well, what about this gray suit, boss? I don't know. How does it look to you? Well, it's got a gravy stain on the sleeve, salad dressing on the pants, butter on the cuff, coffee on the lapel, and meat sauce all over the vest. It has? Yeah, shall I send it to the cleaners or put it in the refrigerator? <laughs> send it to the cleaners. But first, to Rochester, first go through the pockets and make sure I didn't leave any money in it. Oh, boss, come now. <laughs> Never mind, just do it. Well, I'm all dressed, Rochester. How do I look? Fine, but you'd better put your glasses on. Oh, I'm not going to wear my glasses today. They make me look old. But you, you don't see too well without them. Rochester, I just wear my glasses for reading. Now, let's see... I think I'll take a... I'll get it. Oh, hello, Phil. I'm Mary. <laughs> oh. oh. Oh, happy Easter, Mary. Well, I'm ready to go walking if you are. Okay. But aren't you going to say anything about my new dress? Say, it's very pretty. Hey, Mary, isn't it kind of daring? No, Jack. It's been the style for a couple of years. It's called a plunging neckline. Oh, oh. All the girls will be wearing them today. They will? Yes. Rochester, bring my glasses. <laughs> Thanks. Come on, Mary. Let's go to the boulevard and stroll in the Easter parade. Gee, there are a lot of people on Wilshire Boulevard, aren't there, Mary? Yeah, and everybody's dressed so nice. Well, so are you. Gee, that new hat you're wearing is really cute. Where'd you get it? The May Company. They give me all my clothes. The May Company gives you your clothes? Gee, that's funny. You've been working for me for the past 15 years. I know. They send me food, too. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice of them. Say, Jack, how far do you think we ought to walk? Oh, I don't know. Probably as far as La Brea, and then we'll... Oh, Jack, look who's coming this way. Isn't that one of the boys in your Beavers Club? Oh, yes. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mr. Benny. Hello, Miss Livingston. Hello, Joey. Say, that's a mighty cute rabbit you have there. Yes, it's my Easter bunny. I'm taking him over to Mr. Benny's house to feed him. 
To my house to feed them? Why? My father says you've got more lettuce than anyone in Beverly Hills. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Did you just get this rabbit, Joey? Oh, no. I got him last Easter. In fact, I had two of them. Come on, Mary, let's go. Um... <laughs> In a, just a minute, Jack. Uh, what happened to your other rabbit, Joey? I don't know. He just disappeared around Christmas time. Mary, let's go. <laughs> uh, Joey, exactly when did your other rabbit disappear? It was, um, uh, December the 23rd. Well, thanks for telling me. Goodbye, Joey. Goodbye, Miss Livingston. Goodbye, Mr. Bank. Goodbye, goodbye. You know, Mary... Oh, quiet. You and your mink Christmas presents. <laughs> that was just a coincidence. I happened to get a mink with pink eyes. Oh, say, Mary. Mary, look at that billboard. Opening April 21st at the Philharmonic, Julie Garland and her Variety Review. You know, Mary, strolling down the boulevard today reminds me of that picture we saw a couple of years ago with Judy and Fred Astaire. Oh, you mean Easter Parade? Yeah, that's the one. Remember at the start of the picture when Fred was walking along Fifth Avenue singing that song and the people answered him? How did that song go again? Never saw such a lovely day. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. It's such fun just to nod and say Happy Easter. Happy Easter! My, oh me, there's so much to see as you stroll the avenue. And you greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you! Isn't it nice, Mary? They all answered us. Just like they did in the picture. Yeah. Say, Mary, look. There's Phil Harris standing on the corner. Are you sure? Well, he's standing, but I think it's him. <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. Hello, Phil. Hi, Olivia, you little Easter bunny. <laughs> Who's that egg you got with you? <laughs> Darn it, I forgot to take off my bathing cap. <laughs> Say, Phil, Mary and I are strolling down Wilshire. Want to join us? No, Jackson, no. The Chamber of Commerce wants me to stand here till another bus comes by. Another bus? Yeah, I'm the grand finale of the 95-cent tour. <laughs> What? Them out-of-towners going nuts. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, Phil, uh, Phil, aren't you a little conceited? Nah, nah. Conceit is when you think you got it and you ain't. <laughs> Phil, and you've got it? Well, I must have, Jackson. They want me to run for president on the prohibition ticket. <laughs> Mary, you talk to him, will you? I can't. Look, Phil, Jack and Step I... Step back, Libby. Here comes another busload of tourists. I gotta take a bow. Hmm. Phil, Jack and I are going for a walk. Do you want to join us or not? I'd love to, Mary, but some of my musicians are gonna pick me up. They're having a little card game, and they need a fifth for bridge. Phil, you mean a fourth for bridge. No, a fifth. They play, and I pour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harris, you can always depend on a feed line from that gray-haired gentleman with the button shoe. <laughs> Come on, Mary, let's go. All right. So long, Phil. Hey, so long, Livia. See you later.
Come on, doll face. We got a long way to walk yet. Walking with you side by side. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Fills my chest with so much pride. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. By oh me, there's so much to sing as you stroll the avenue. And you, you greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. Gosh, what perfect weather. Spring, the skies are clear, the flowers are blooming, the sun is shining. Hey, look who's here, my violin teacher. Bonjour, Monsieur Benin. Well, Professor LeBlanc, what a surprise running into you. Hello, Professor. Bonjour, Mademoiselle. Well, Professor, you certainly look nice today. Is that a new Easter suit you're wearing? Mademoiselle... I am a poor violin teacher. I cannot afford to buy new suits. Well, what do you do with the money I pay you for my violin lessons? I buy sleeping pills. (laughs) Oh, are they any good? No, after a few days I wake up. (laughs) Oh, well, it was nice seeing you, Professor. And don't forget you're giving me a violin lesson tomorrow. I will not forget. I will tie a string around my finger. Good, good. Better I should tie a rope around my neck. <laughs> what? Goodbye, Monsieur Benny. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Mary, I can't understand why he hates to give me violin lessons. I can't understand it either. You play beautifully. Well, I... Huh? Mary, that was sweet. What made you say that? Oh, I don't know. Just an impulse. Yesterday, I kicked a cop in the pants. <laughs> Sometimes you have to let yourself go, you know. Anyway, Mary, we're certainly running into a lot of people we know, aren't we? Yeah. Yum, bum, 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 bum. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Yum, bum, 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 bum. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. By oh me, there's so much to see as you stroll the avenue. And you greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. You know, Gertrude, it's nice getting a day off. It's your rest, my dear. That's swell getting away from that CBS switchboard. Yeah. Oh, Gertrude, I feel so elegant walking in the Easter parade. How do you feel? My feet are killing me. (laughs) But it's my own fault for buying such small shoes. Well, what size did you get? Nine. (laughs) Oh, for heaven's sake. What's the matter? Getting your foot in a size nine shoe is like docking the Queen Mary in a Dixie cup. (laughs) Oh, look who's talking. Get a load of your shoes. They're not so big. They're not? Last year, when we went on our vacation, every hotel we stopped at pasted labels on them. <laughs> well, it's a natural mistake, because my shoes are genuine cowhide. Cowhide? Yeah. From the way your toes stick out, it looks like milking time. <laughs> Go through the next time you talk to me like that, Oh, I'll... hey, Mabel, look. Here comes Jack Benny. Yeah. And look who's with them. Mary Livingston. Mabel, they're coming toward us. Yum, bum, 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 bum. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. 
Happy Easter. Happy Easter. My oh me, there's so much to see as you stroll the avenue. And you greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. Well, Don, Don Wilson. Hello, Don. Hello, Barry. Don, I'm glad I ran into you. You know that story about me in the current issue of Radio Television Mirror? Oh, yeah. Well, that same reporter came back to see me yesterday, and he wanted to get some information about you. Oh, really, Jack? Uh-huh. Oh, Jack, it's nice of you to tell me this. I feel flattered. What the reporter want to know? Well, he wanted to know different things, like what you eat for breakfast, what you eat for lunch, what you eat for dinner, what you have for dessert. What you have after dessert. <laughs> what you eat between meals. What you eat before going to bed at night. All those different things. Well, that's nice, Jack. But uh, didn't he want to know anything about my work on your program? Yes, yes, he did, Don. He thought that my last couple of shows weren't quite as funny as usual. He wanted to know if you ate one of my writers. <laughs> oh, Jack, I know you're kidding, but... I wish you'd stop with that talk. You're always giving everybody the impression I'm fat. All right, Don. I'll stop joking about your size. Say, Don, would you like to walk down Wilshire Boulevard with us? Oh, I'd love to, Mary, but I'm on the other side of the street. <laughs> oh, yes. Lift your stomach, Don. Here comes a bus. <laughs> See you later. Come on, Mary. Say, Mary, have you got a cigarette? Oh, sure, Jack. I have some right here. My... Oh, gee, I forgot to put them in my purse. Well, here's a drugstore. I'll step in and get some. Okay. Oh, clerk. Yes, sir, what can I do for you? <laughs> Ways of weight, shaving cream, Kleenex. No, no. I'd like to buy some... Magazines, uh... aspirin, sunglasses, wife savers. No, no, no. All I want Alka is... seltzer Tootsie Rolls, whiting paper. <laughs> can't go into one store. Hold it, mister, hold it. As long as you're guessing and playing games, I'll give you a hint as to what I want. Now, what do you do that relaxes you and gives you pleasure? I take off my girdle. What do you do? <laughs> well, if you must know, I smoke a lucky, a lucky strike. <laughs> well, why didn't you say so? You want a pack of lucky strikes? Uh, yeah. There you are. Thank you. Uh, goodbye. Wait a minute. Don't go yet. Huh? Aren't you going to open your pack of Wuckies here? Yeah. Well, if you want me to, certainly. There you are. Goodbye. Not yet. Oh. Aren't you going to take out a Wuckie and tear it down the center? <laughs> but... Uh... I make all my customers do it. Well, okay. There. See how the tobacco holds together? No loose ends. No room for air spaces. Hot spots that burn harsh and dry. Wuckies are made from long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco. That's why Wuckie Strikes are my favorite blend. Well, good, good, and thank you for showing me. Happy Weaster. <laughs> Jack, you got the cigarettes? Yes, yes. Come on, Mary. Let's keep walking. 
never saw such a lovely day. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. It's such fun just to nod and say Happy Easter. Happy Easter. My, oh, me, there's so much to see as you stroll the avenue. And you greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. <laughs> well, Mr. Ketchum. Mr. Kissel, it's nice running into you today. A mutual pleasure, Mr. Benny. And how are you, Miss Livingston? Oh, I'm fine, thank you. Mr. Kitzel, you certainly look nice in those striped pants, cutaway coat, and top hat. Thank it's you. It's just right for Easter. Oh, thank you. But you know, I'm also wearing it for sentimental reasons. Oh. This is the suit in what I got married. Oh, when you got married? Yes. Gee, that must have been about 20 years ago. Yeah. Funny how a little thing like that sticks with you. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, my, I'll never forget that ceremony. When they said, if anyone has any objection to this marriage, speak now or forever hold your peace. Yes. A voice from the back hollered, don't marry her. Oh, my goodness, who was it? Me, I'm a ventriloquist. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Kitzel, you're joking. Unfortunately. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Kitzel, it was a pleasure running into you on Easter, but we've got to be moving along. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Kitzel. Goodbye. Ah, uh, you know, Mary, it's always nice running into Mr. Kitzel. I don't know, he seems so cheerful hey, and... Fun. Huh? Come here a minute. <laughs> me? Yeah. Excuse me, Mary. Yes? What are you doing? <laughs> We're just strolling along in the Easter parade. How far are you going? To La Brea. That's fine. What? You said you was going to La Brea, and I said that's fine. Well, wait a minute. Aren't you going to try to talk me out of it? Not me. This is my day off. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, happy Easter. Well, same to you. Same to you. Come on, Mary. Uh, what happened? Nothing. It's all right. We can go to La Brea. <laughs> Come on. Never saw such a lovely day. Happy Easter. It's such fun just to nod and say happy Easter. You greet all the friends you meet. Happy Easter to you. Dana! Hello, Dennis. Hello, Mary. Hey, Dennis, you having a nice Easter? Oh, sure. I colored Easter eggs all morning, and then I hid them. Uh-huh. And then I told my mother to go look for them. Ooh, that must have been fun. Oh, no, it was a mess. The eggs splattered all over my mother's new dress, her two nightgowns, and six of my father's shirts. 
Oh, Dennis, where'd you hide the eggs? In the washing machine. In the washing machine? Yeah, it was awful. Dennis, I don't understand this. Colored Easter eggs shouldn't splatter. How long did you boil them? Oh, boil them! <laughs> Mary, you take him, will you? I'm still a little sick from Phil. <laughs> Dennis, Jack and I are walking down as far as La Brea. Would you like to join us? Sure, I'm not stuck up. Well, that's mighty decent of you. <laughs> and by the way, Dennis, be sure you're, you're not late for rehearsals for my television show. I won't. And my mother said that it's okay for me to appear on your TV program, Sonny, if you give me proper credit at the end. What do you mean, proper credit? Well, at the end of the program, she wants you to say, Dennis Day may also be seen on his own television show. You may buy his latest recording, I Hear a Rhapsody, at all music stores. He will soon be seen in 20th Century Fox picture, The Girl Next Door, and take your judo lessons from Yamashita. <laughs> Dennis, who in the world is Yamashita? Oh, that's my mother's business name. <laughs> say, Dennis... While we're walking along, why don't you sing something? Well, do you think it'll be all right? I mean, here on the street? Well, sure. Everybody feels good today. It's Easter. They're all singing. Okay. with your own eyes how luckies are made better to taste better. 
From a newly opened pack, take a cigarette made by any other manufacturer. Carefully tear a thin strip of paper straight down the seam from end to end and gently remove the tobacco. In tearing, be sure not to loosen or dig into the tobacco. Now, do exactly the same with a lucky strike. Then compare. You'll see some cigarettes are so loosely packed they fall apart. Others have air spaces, hot spots that burn harsh and dry. But you won't find that in a lucky. Look at that perfect cylinder of fine, mild tobacco, so free of annoying loose ends that spoil the taste. Notice those long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco, so firmly packed to smoke smooth and even, giving you a milder, better-tasting cigarette. Yes, friends, tear and compare. Prove to yourself that Luckies are made better to taste better. Then make your next carton Lucky Strike. Bum, 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 be happy. Go Lucky, go Lucky Strike today. Ladies and gentlemen, next Sunday night, immediately after my radio show, I will do my fifth television program of the season. My guest stars will be Dennis Day, Rochester, and one of the world's greatest violinists, Mr. Isaac Stern. I will also play a violin fellow. That's funny. They told me there would be applause here. Oh, well, happy Easter, folks. The Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. This is Don Wilson reminding you to listen to your hit parade with Guy Lombardo every Thursday night, presented by Lucky Strike. Consult your newspaper for time and station. The Jack Benny program has been selected as one of the programs to be heard by our armed forces overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Stay tuned for the Amos and Andy Show, which follows immediately. Transcribe, this is the CBS Radio Network. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Today, a simple Easter gift brings Phil so much trouble he may very likely hold a grudge against the Easter bunny the rest of his life. More about that in a moment. First, a word from RCA Victor. RCA Victor Television is outstanding in performance, outstanding in quality. It's the best your money can buy. And now, you can buy an RCA Victor superset like the Glenside Ensemble for the wonderful low price of only $279.95. The 17-inch Glenside Ensemble is like console television at a table model price. It comes complete with a beautiful matching consulate base. It brings you television with picture power. Clearer pictures in the city, stronger pictures in the country, steadier pictures and even the most difficult reception areas. All for only $279.95. And the Glenside Ensemble's price is complete. It includes federal excise tax, full-year warranty on the 17-inch picture tube, and no extra charge for your favorite mahogany finish. So buy the Glenside Ensemble and ask your dealer about a factory service contract. When you buy RCA Victor Television with RCA Factory Service, you get television's greatest combination. 
now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. For the first time in 10 years, the Harrises weren't in the Easter parade today. They were all set for it, but something happened to prevent it. Let's go back to yesterday. Alice's new Easter dress has just arrived, and she's about to show it to Phil and Frankie. Oh, fellas, wait till you see this dress. It's an original French creation. There. Isn't this the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen? Phil, aren't you just mad about the way the organdy blends with the chiffon bolero? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the way the flared peplum is offset by the file bodice with the sheer crepe de chine veiling cascading over the shirt yoke. <laughs> Which tends to give it that ooh feeling. Oh, stop it, Phil. You don't know anything about women's styles at all. Frankie, how do you like my dress? I hate it. <laughs> Fellas, is that nice? I spent two weeks shopping for this dress. I think it's beautiful, and, and you don't like it. Oh, we were only kidding, honey. You have wonderful taste. We think your dress is gorgeous. It's the most beautiful thing we've ever seen, and we love it. Don't we, Frankie? Speak for yourself. I still hate it. <laughs> well, I don't care if you fellas like it or not. I'm going to wear it tomorrow. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'll hang it in my closet. Oh, uh, uh, look, I'll hang it up for you, honey, because I was going in the bedroom anyway. Come on, Remley. Okay. All right. Curling? Huh. Your wife doesn't have very good taste in clothes, does she? <laughs> I've never seen such a drab dress. What do you mean, drab? It's a genuine copy of the outfit worn by Catherine Hepburn in The African Queen. <laughs> or was it the one worn by Humphrey Bogart? <laughs> uh, that dress is not for Alice. It's too conservative for a flashy blonde. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to fix that. <laughs> you see, I'm always thinking. That's yeah. why I offered to hang it up. Because I've got a little surprise for Alice. What kind of a surprise? Remley, hmm? I bought her a brooch for Easter that's going to really set this dress off. Oh? I'm going to pin it on the dress now, and then I'm going to surprise her, see, when she... Hey, I hope you got something a little more colorful in the dress. You know my taste, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got the brooch right here in this box. You know something, Remley? What? It's solid platinum encrusted with rare jewels. Wait, I'll get it out and show you. Mm. There you are. How you like it? Curly, it's beautiful. <laughs> the first time I've seen a fruit salad glued to a sterling silver hubcap. <laughs> Isn't this thing a little overdone? It's so big and flashy. It's not big and it's not flashy. You just don't know jewels. Mm -hmm. This thing tells a story. You see, it represents a simple little country scene in the Blue Ridge Mountains. <laughs> what are those little red spots? Those are rubies. It's the tomato season and they're canning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
What are those black stones for? Oh, that represents smoke. You see, the still just blew up and set the barn on fire. <laughs> and what are those seven gold collar buttons doing there? Those are the firehouse five plus two. <laughs> They're on their way to put out the fire. Now, over back is the sun. That's the Never half... mind. Curly, I don't think that thing's going to look good on the dress. It's going to look good. I'll show you. Now, I'll put the dress on this hanger, then I'll pin the brooch on. Need any help lifting the brooch? <laughs> I'll be sarcastic. Now, let's see. I think it'll look pretty here, right on the lace. Curly, and that lace is fragile. Please, I know what I'm doing. I'll just pin it right here on the neck. There. <laughs> Hey, Remley, I'm afraid to look. What happened? Nothing much. You just ripped the whole front of the dress out. <laughs> oh, no, her new dress. When Alice sees that, she'll have a fit. Now, don't get excited, Curly. We can fix How it. How are we going to fix it? A little glue, a piece of adhesive tape, and some chicken wire. It'll be as good as new. <laughs> Remley, we can't fix the dress that way. Why not? There ain't a piece of chicken wire in the house. <laughs> There's only one thing we can do. Now we're going to have to run down to that shop where Alice bought this dress and get another one just like it. Curly, I don't want to go shopping for a dress. It sounds dull, but I'll go with you if you make it worth my while. Okay, I'll sing to you. I didn't mean that. That's the interpretation I got. Music, please. Called up to tell you that I'm rugged but right A rambling and a gambling man I'm free every night I eat a porterhouse steak Three times a day for my board More than any guy in this whole town can afford I got a big electric fan to keep me cool when I sleep A mattress stuffed with dollar bills to tickle my feet My motto is meet them and cheat them and love them and leave them and break them in right I just called up to tell you that I'm rugged but right. My house was built with pawn shop tickets, red, white, and blue. My suits are made of tiger skin right out of the zoo. I got a lot of money in the bank, I made it myself. The hearts of all my girlfriends lying right on my shelf. I wore girls' whistle every time I go by But I'm pretty darn particular, I'm telling no lie I'm in there wheeling and dealing and really appealing and high as a kite Come on, let's fly together cause I'm rugged but right To tell you that I'm rugged but fat You cause me plenty worry Put my 
lips and my hair You got the lips that sunk the ships of England, France and Peru But I'm just like Napoleon cause you're my Waterloo I'd like a 15 minute intermission in your 48 I'd love to make it longer but I got a late date My morals have always been gone with the wind so let's breeze it tonight I just called up to tell you that I'm rugged but right Don't overdo it, cause I really overdo it last night. Hey, Curly, this is a pretty fancy schmancy place. Well, certainly it's a very exclusive dress shop. They cater to society. How'd Alice get in here? <laughs> When she married me, she inherited my social position. That's good, huh? Match. See, I never told you this, but um, Dad is in the blue book. <laughs> right between the 1914 Essex and the Stutz Bearcat. Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's get the dress and get out of here. Where's the salesman? Let's have some service. Wait a minute, Frankie. Just be discreet. Be nice. This is a high-class place. I know you know how can't... to act. I'll show you how to get a salesman. Hey, Max, how about a little service? Come on, let's have some action. Frankie, please. What is all this ruckus, you ruffians? <laughs> okay, buddy, don't give us any trouble. Just bring out... Oh, all... no! Oh, hold up. Oh, don't shoot. Just take all the money you want out of the cash register. Now, wait a minute, mister. We're not here to... Frankie! <laughs> he offered it to us. Close that cash register drawer. Okay. Uh, mister, uh, we want to buy something. Do you have money? Yeah, I got a whole handful of it. Look. <laughs> Put that back in the drawer. Never mind, I'll take it. Now, what do you fellows want? Well, sir, uh, Alice Faye bought a dress here yesterday, and I want to get one just like it. I'd love to help you, but I don't think we have one in your size. <laughs> look, mister, it ain't for me. Do I look like I wear dresses? I don't ask questions. I just sell clothes. <laughs> We felt them one, Curly. Not yet. Now, let me explain, mister. Alice Faye is my wife. She bought an Easter dress here yesterday, and I want to get another one for her, just like it. Well, I'm sorry, sir, but we're out of that dress in your wife's size. Oh, no. Now, what am I going to do? Well, if you want a dress for Miss Faye, how about this creation right here? Isn't it out of this world? Look at that billowy chocolate brown skirt, the mint green sash, the strawberry blouse, and notice the way it's topped off with a creamy white collar. Do you like it? Oh, it looks delicious. <laughs> uh, shall I wrap it up? No, I'll eat it here. <laughs> I just knew you'd say that. <laughs> Well, do you want this dress or don't you? Well, it sounds nice. Maybe I'll take it. How much is it? $695. I just knew you'd say that. <laughs> now, 
Now you can belt him, Remley. <laughs> Imagine asking $695 for a dress Oh, that... Curly, stop quibbling. If you haven't got the money, I'll pay for it. Well, that's very nice. Who said that? <laughs> I did. How much is the dress, mister? $695. Right. You cash relief checks? <laughs> oh, I might have known. Now, go on, get out of my shop, both all of you. All right, get out, all get right, out, we're out. going, we're going. Come on, Bramley. Remley, I gotta get a dress for Alice someplace And I gotta do it fast Well, there are other places We'll find... Hey, Curly What? There's a dress shop over there Where? Right there See the sign? Oh, yeah Madam Lola's Women's Wear and Swap Shop <laughs> Yeah Look what else it says We specialize in women's spring ensembles Lockheed pedal pushers And rehearsal outfit for lady wrestlers <laughs> Remley, we can't find anything Hey, wait What? Hey, wait a minute. You see what I see? Where? Look. Look at that dress they got in the window. Now, there's a dress that's got class. It don't look like that shroud that Alice bought. Look yeah. at that. That's what I call a dress. That's got everything. Yeah, that's just the thing for Alice. Uh -huh. Oh, she'll love it. Come on. We're going in by that right. <laughs> Frankie, you sure Alice is not around? No, no, she's in the kitchen. Good. Now let's get the dress out of the box and put it across her bed. Yeah. Come on, hurry up. I can't wait to see it again. Neither can I. <laughs> ah, there it is. Hey, Remley, ain't that a dream? Colorful, ain't it? Sure. I love the way that flaming red bodice is offset by the green fur around the neck. <laughs> That's nice, but the thing that really gives it class are those two big orange bows at the hips. Yeah, that does give it class, but the thing that makes the dress are them yellow ostrich feathers in the rear. <laughs> you know something? If this dress wasn't handmade, it might look cheap. No. Now, come on, let's go in the living room. Now, look, we got to think of some way to get Alice to go into the bedroom so she can see her surprise. I can just picture her face when she sees that dress. Oh, there you are, fellas. Where have you been? Oh, um, where have you been? Oh, um, we, uh, we went for a long walk. Oh. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Walked a long way. Good. Gee whiz, Alice, my, my feet are tired. Would you mind going into the bedroom and get my slippers? All right, dear. I'll be right back. Ah, she's a good wife. <laughs> Best slipper retriever I ever had. Oh, <laughs> uh, Curly, I can't wait to hear what Alice says when she sees that dress. Yeah, I can just picture her face lighting up and she'll be... <laughs> What's she screaming about? I guess she can't find my slippers. <laughs> She's so excitable, there's Bill, no... Bill, help, help! What's the matter? There's a monster crawling across my bed. <laughs> what kind of a monster? It's a red animal with green fur and a yellow tail. Well, I'm going to get a stick and kill it. You stay... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that thing in there happens oh, to chase be... chase it out of my bedroom. Get it out. I'm going into the kitchen. I can't stand being anywhere near it. Get it out of the house. Get it out. Get it out. Curly? You think maybe she didn't like the dress? <laughs> She didn't like it as a monster, but she'll love it for her evening dress. 
You know, I don't think you'll ever get her anywhere near that thing. No, I guess not. She doesn't like it. You can't do things for women. Frankie, get rid of it while I go in and calm Alice yeah, down. Yeah, all right. Honey? Yeah? Honey, how you feeling? Oh, Phil, I'm shaking all over. Oh, that horrible sight. I'll never get over that. I... I, I, now, honey, I, I, please, I, please, oh. honey, just please, oh. take it easy. Oh, gosh. Relax. Oh, how can I relax? Well, I, why don't you sing? That always relaxes oh, you. I feel like you... Yeah, that ought to do it. <laughs> Why don't we go walking tonight while the moon is shining? The lovely light you can tell at a glance. It's a night for romance. The night is long, the skies are clear. And if you want to go walking there, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's lovely. I understand the reason why. You're sentimental, cause so am I. It's delightful, it's delicious. It's the lovely You can tell at a glance What a swell night this is For romance you can hear Dear Mother Nature murmuring low Let yourself go so please be sweet my chickadee And when I kiss you just say to me It's delightful, it's delicious It's delectable, it's delirious It's the limit, it's the limit It's deluxe, it's the lovely it's delightful, it's delicious, it's delectable, it's delirious, and the night is young, the skies are clear, and if you want to go walking, dear, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's lovely. I understand the reason why you're sentimental, cause so am I. It's delightful, it's delicious, it's lovely. You can tell at a glance what a well, night this is for romance you can hear Dear Mother Nature murmuring low Let yourself go, so please be sweet, my chickadee And when I kiss you, just say to me It's delightful, mm, delicious, mm, delectable, delirious It's, it's the limo, it's the limo, it's deluxe, it's delovely Hey, Frankie. Yeah? I finally got Alice quieted down. Did you get rid of that dress? Yeah, I burned it. <laughs> Didn't give up without a fight, though. <laughs> Kept snapping at me. Yeah, good. <laughs> Look, we gotta get a dress for Alice fast. Will you help me, yeah, please? Yeah, where are we gonna... Wait a minute. Why didn't I think of this before? Friend of mine has an exclusive dress shop downtown. Let's go there. Remley, it's after seven. All the stores are closed. Not this place. It's very exclusive. It's open all night. Let's go. All right. Hey, Remley. Hmm? It's awful dark in here. What kind of a neighborhood is this? It's a very nice neighborhood. Some of the finest stores in the city are here. Watch your step, Curly. Don't trip over that guy lying in the alley. <laughs> Sleeps good, don't he? <laughs> Remley, where is your friend's dress shop? Right along here someplace, Curly. Hey, Bud, you want to buy a hot evening gown? <laughs> 
shop now. Ramley, I ain't buying nothing in an alley. Let's get out of here. Take one step and I'll drop you in your tracks. Stroker! Hiya, Harris. Nice of you to come down to my grand opening. <laughs> what can I do for you? Well, Grogan, I wanted to buy a dress for my you wife, but... You will find it here. I got the latest Paris Originals, creations that any woman would, would give her soul for. You got Paris creations, huh? Mm-hmm. Where are they? Hanging right there on a fence. <laughs> Ain't they beautiful? Well, I don't like your fence fashions, but uh, kind of like that one you've got over there. Which one? The one that's draped over the ash can. <laughs> that's my girlfriend. <laughs> She's waiting for me to close. Look, Grogan, this is a lot of junk, and I ain't buying nothing like this for my wife. Junk, he says, junk. J just look at this gown right here. Why, this is a beautiful thing. This is a masterpiece of dressmaking. And I guarantee that your wife won't be able to tell that that it's ever been worn before. <laughs> it's been worn before? Well, yeah, yeah. It belonged to an old maid who lived in Pomona. She never got out of the house. Yeah, all right, Grogan. <laughs> My wife don't wear dresses that have been worn by somebody else. Oh, one of them high-class dames, huh? <laughs> Well, if you don't like that one, how about this one here? Now, 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 ain't this a beauty? Pure white with lovely brown polka dots all over. They don't look like polka dots to me. So that gravy stains. Who's going to know that? <laughs> hey, Curly, there's a dress that looks nice, and it's clean, too. Yeah, say, that ain't a bad-looking dress. I'm... I might buy that if it's Alice's size. What size does your wife wear? What size the dress? I asked you first. <laughs> she wears size 10. That's it. Wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean it's size 10? The label in there says it's size 18. That was before the rain last night. <laughs> It was out in the rain? Yeah, shrunk it down beautifully, didn't it? <laughs> now then, shall I wring it out and wrap it up? Grogan. What? I don't want you to think that I'm a snob. <laughs> but I can't give Alice a wet dress. Get her some long underwear, she'll never feel it. I believe that does it. <clears throat> so long, Grogan. I'll be seeing you. Come on, Remley. We can't get anything, so I'm just going to have to go home and tell Alice what I did to her dress. Right. Goodbye. Hey, Curly, how long are you oh. going to stand outside your house? Go on in. Tell Alice what oh, happened. Oh, Frankie, I can't do it. I just haven't got the nerve to tell her what happened to the dress. There must be some way we can get out hey, of Curly, it. Hey, Curly, look, I got an idea. If she thought you were hurt, in, oh, say, a, a hold-up She'd be so worried about you She'd forget about the dress Hold-up? Sure Yeah I could tell her I got shot I could put a, a, a bandage on my forehead Or you could put some ketchup on your chest Why don't you just put a bullet hole in your stomach? Curly <laughs> Will you please Now, wait a minute, Curly I think he's got something <laughs> A stomach wound would be convincing yeah, I could also walk in kicking my head in front of me, but I ain't gonna do it. 
Here's Martin and Lewis cooking up now. <laughs> we ain't Martin and Lewis. You're telling me. <laughs> You beat it, kid. Family, we gotta think of something to th Hey, wait a minute, I got an idea. What? I could rip up all of her dresses and tell her that a crank got in the house and hey, wait a minute, better yet, I could set fire to her bedroom and tell her that her dress got burned. Mr. Harris, can I ask you just one question? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you want to know why I want to destroy my wife's clothes. No, that ain't it. Then what do you want to know? How does it feel to have a wet rock for a brain? <laughs> <laughs> Julius, Don't I... Don't tell him, Curly. It's none of his business. Now, wait. <laughs> Why don't you go home, kid? What are you doing out this late anyway? I'm making some last-minute Easter deliveries. I got some stuff for you, too. Two dozen eggs, a pound of bacon, a loaf of raisin bread, and your Angora bed jacket. <laughs> He's starting to talk like us. What do you mean? Did you hear that crazy thing he just said? What's crazy about my having a loaf of raisin bread? I like raisin bread. Where'd you get my bed jacket, kid? The dry cleaner asked me to make some deliveries for him. Well, I better run along. I still got this dress Yeah, please, to run along and you go... I got this dress to deliver. Wait a minute. What dress, dress. Hey, uh, kid, uh, what kind of a dress? Who's it belong to? A big celebrity who lives in the next block. That's it, that's it. Hey, Julius, kid, will you do me a favor and just let me borrow that dress for one day? You want to borrow it? Oh, I suppose you think it's strange that I want to borrow a dress. No. <laughs> any guy who would wear an Angora bed jacket would wear any. Now, wait a minute, kid. I'm in trouble. I've ruined Alice's Easter dress, and if I don't get her one to replace it, she'll kill me. Oh, that would be dreadful. Uh, in that case, I'm going to help you. Here's the dress. Keep the bag on it so it don't get soiled. Hey, thanks, kid. I'll never forget you for this. Come on, Remley. Hey, he's a good boy. <laughs> hey, Julius, this dress will fix everything. Certainly will. <laughs> Wait till he finds out that the dress his wife is going to wear in the Easter parade tomorrow was worn last night at the Legion Stadium by gorgeous George. <laughs> Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. RCA Victor now bring you the 101 best-selling records of all time. They're the records proved bestsellers through the years. Check the list of these 101 selections at your RCA Victor record dealers now. In this complete series, you'll find your favorite music, from classical to popular, from sonatas to swing. And the list includes your favorite artists, too. You can choose albums by Arturo Toscanini, Eugene Ormandy, and Vladimir Horowitz. You can choose albums or single records by Artie Shaw, Glenn Miller, Mario Lanza, Perry Como, and many more RCA Victor recording stars. So stop in at your nearest record dealers soon. Check the list of RCA Victor's 101 bestsellers of all time and buy the albums or records you need to complete your collection. Remember... They're the 101 best-selling records of all time, recorded by RCA Victor. We're a little late, so good night, everyone, and happy Easter. Good night, everybody. Good night.
This program is produced and directed by Paul Phillips. Remember, whether you're buying a television set, a radio, a Victrola phonograph, or records, put your faith in the cornerstone of American home entertainment for three generations. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television. Next, Theater Guild on the Air stars Catherine Cornell and Brian Ahern on NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benning speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1941-1942 season of the Jack Benny Show. We've been bringing you some great episodes. Have another fun one for you tonight. Um, Ed Boulogne plays uh, Gilroy in this episode. I always thought it was Kilroy with a K, but it's Gilroy. And now that I think about it, I, rem- I can hear the G sound when uh, you listen to the episode. So it's definitely Gilroy, which is uh, one of the soda jerks that they um, run into a lot when they're going over to diners and so forth. The other person in this episode uh, that's been on the last four weeks or so is Percy Kilbride. And Percy Kilbride, um, certainly James brought it up uh, a few weeks ago and I shared it, that um, Percy Kilbride is um, Pa Kettle from the Mon Pa Kettle series. Now, there's a really unique tie-in this week with that whole thing in that... Um, earlier this week on the 1947 episode, I played us, uh, they did a, their version, Jack's version of The Egg and I, and The Egg and I is the first episode, uh, first movie where we get introduced to Pa Kettle, and so Percy Kilbride is in that movie, he's not in the the Jack Benny episode, but he's in actually the movie that the episode's based off of. Um, and to further complicate things, uh, right about this time, George is shooting George, not George. <laughs> this, this podcast is about Jack. Um, Jack is shooting um, uh, George Washington Slept Here, which features Percy Kilbride again playing that same sort of character and Jack saw um, I believe in New York he saw um, Percy Kilbride in the play the stage play production of um, George Washington Slept Here and he agreed to do it to be in George Washington Slept Here if they brought out Percy Kilbride to California for him to play uh, the same part Uh, and so Jack could play off of him and he and Jack do a brilliant job in uh, George Washington Slept Here it's probably my second favorite of all of um, Jack's movies next to uh, To Be or Not To Be but I'm thinking I didn't put this all together until just tonight but I'm thinking the reason Percy Kilbride was probably on Jack's show for uh, almost as a regular for about six weeks, it's probably the same exact time that they were shooting the movie. And so Jack probably offered him uh, the, ro- the role in, in uh, Jack's radio show, one to get him more, 
more coverage and things as an actor. But two, probably to give him some extra money since they brought him all the way out here from New York. It's like, okay, let's feature him in a movie with me and let's also have him on my radio show. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it makes sense to me. So anyway, enjoy tonight's episode of The Jack Benny Show. And make sure you pay special attention to Ed Boulogne as Gilroy and Percy Kilbride as he comes in with playing one of his many characters that he plays in The Jack Benny Show. So we will see you next time. Do you know the reason why Jell-O today tastes richer, more thrillingly good than it ever has before? Well, it's all because of Jell-O's wonderful new process that locks in Jell-O's grand and glorious flavor. Yes, today Jell-O gives you more of the richness that for over 40 years has made Jell-O America's favorite gelatin dessert. Because now this richness is locked right into the tiny Jell-O particles to bring you extra enjoyment. Try all of Jell-O's six delicious flavors. Rosy pink strawberry, crimson raspberry, ruby red cherry, golden orange, sunny lemon, and emerald green lime. All of these tempting Jell-O flavors offer you bright, brilliant beauty and flavor that makes you think of the juicy ripe fruit itself. Flavor that is locked in for your added pleasure. To prove how swell Jell-O's locked-in flavor really is, open a package of Jell-O. Notice that there's no telltale aroma, no sign of escaping fragrance and flavor. Then dissolve the tiny Jell-O particles and notice how Jell-O's captive goodness comes pouring out in a rush of richness. Get Jell-O tomorrow in all six delicious flavors and thrill to the marvelous new delight of Jell-O's locked-in flavor. played by the orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we turn back the clock and take you to the drugstore across the street from the NBC building here in Hollywood. The time is exactly 15 minutes before this broadcast. Take it away, drugstore. Hurry up and order your sandwich, will you, Mary? We'll be on the air in a few minutes. A sandwich? Yes. I'm a growing girl. I want meat and potatoes. <laughs> well, all right. Order a meat sandwich. And the potato chips here are very crispy. Every Sunday we have to eat in the drugstore. Why don't you take me to the Brown Derby once in a while? Mary, I'm not going into the Brown Derby until they hang my picture in the main dining room with the rest of the big movie stars. They can't treat me that way. What do you mean? Every time I want to see that drawing of myself, I've got to go in and wash my hands. <laughs> Well, it's, it's not right. Oh, stop complaining. <laughs> Say, Jack, look at this item on the menu. Jack Benny Special, 35 cents. A Jack Benny Special? What is it? A minute steak with a transfusion. <laughs> oh, these soda jerks think they're so smart. Hey, Gilroy, what do I have to do to get a little service around here? Take it easy, blue eyes. <laughs> Hello, Mary, what'll it be? I'll have a hot roast beef sandwich, mashed potatoes, lettuce and tomato salad, and apple pie with tutti-frutti ice cream. 
Mary, you haven't got time to eat all that. Okay, don't toot the fruity. I'll save that stuff for the program. Say, Gilroy, I think I'll just have a cup of coffee and a donut. A what? A donut. One of those over there with the powdered sugar on it. That's a plain donut. I forgot to dust them off this morning. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, well, then never mind. Maybe I'll just have a cup of... Oh, hello, Phil. Hiya, Jackson. Hello, Mary. Hello. Hey, Jack, get a load of Phil, uh, Phil's slacks. Uh, they button on the side. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll be darned. I put on a pair of Alice's. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Why don't you open your eyes when you get up in the morning? They're open, Jackson, but they don't work till noon. <laughs> no. What a be, Twitch? Well, uh... <laughs> uh... Smart guy. Give me a Phil Harris special. Okay. One ham omelet. Put a wave in it. <laughs> hmm, put a wave in it. The most egotistical thing I ever heard. Here's your order, Mary. Thanks. <laughs> oh, Jack, look who's down the other end of the counter. It's Virgil Reimer, our funny sound man. That's what he thinks. Nobody speak to him. He's getting too fresh. Hello, Virgil. What do you have? Get long distance on the phone. I want a Denver sandwich. <laughs> oh, he's... He's so clever. Say, Virgil, you sure got a lot of laughs at Camp Hahn last Sunday. You were the funniest thing on the Benny program. Yeah, and imagine what I could do if old Poison Puss didn't hold me down. <laughs> hmm, Poison Puss? That's a fine way to talk about our sponsor. He means you. I know who he means. <laughs> Wise guy. No kidding, Virgil. You're terrific. Do you get many fan letters? I'll say. Remember that little poodle that used to run out and bring in my mail? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got a St. Bernard now. That's positively the worst joke I ever heard. <laughs> I thought it was kind of cute. Me too. Yeah? Hmm. You know, Virgil, I thought you had a lot of fun working for Benny. Fun? That old slave driver does everything but chase us across the ice. Well, that's the last straw. Now, listen here, Virgil. Oh, hello, Mr. Legree. Where's your whip? <laughs> Never mind the wisecracks. You get over to NBC and set up our props for the program. Now, scram. See what I told you, Gil? <laughs> All right, get going, get going. Hey, Virg, could I slip my moth in Mickey? <laughs> you stay out of this. Hey, where's my omelet? Here you are, Twitch. You want something to drink with it? No, thanks. I'm on the wagon. Hmm. He never heard of coffee in the morning. <laughs> Hurry up with mine, will you? Say, Mr. Benny... I just got on the weighing machine, and how much oh, do you think... Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello. Say, Mr. Benny, I just got on the weighing machine, and how much do you think uh, How, I... uh, how are you feeling, kid? All right, I guess. Good, good. I thought I had fallen arches for a while, but I wasn't pulling my socks up. <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. Thank heaven my girl can use those arch supporters I bought. Why don't you buy them, Jack? Because I don't need them. What makes you think I got flat feet? Plop, plop, plop. <laughs> all right, all right, young lady. Just for that, I'm not going to pick up your check today. I can carry it over to the cashier myself. I was going to pay it, too. Say, Mr. Benny, I just got on the weighing machine and... Yes? How much do you think I weigh? How much, Dennis? 141 pounds, stripped. <laughs> stripped? I took the scale in the phone booth. <laughs> Oh, oh. Well, you better watch yourself, young man. Huh? And you know what else, Mr. Benny? Uh, when I put a penny in the machine, I got one of those little cards with my fortune on it. Oh, your fortune, eh? 
What did it say, kid? You're lucky you can sing. <laughs> now, there's a machine that knows its business. Hey, Gilroy, where's my coffee? Did you send to Brazil for it? Si, si, senora. <laughs> Smart Alec. I wouldn't even eat here if the Brown Derby wasn't so careless about where they hung my picture. Uh, you ought to wash your hands here sometime. <laughs> Well, I'll be Don. Hey, kids, you better snap into it. We're on the air in a few minutes. Okay, Don. See you later, Jackson. I'm going to run ahead and find out what my boys are going to play today. What? You mean you don't know what numbers you're doing? Weren't you at rehearsal? We didn't have a rehearsal. Frankie left the cards and chips home. <laughs> oh. See you in the joint, fellas. Be right up. Oh, say, Don. Don, come here a minute, will you? Yeah. Uh, when you introduce me today, I wish you'd do me a favor and say I just started my new picture at Warner Brothers with Ann Sheridan. Well, are you making a picture with Ann Sheridan? Yes, and it might be on the program today. You know, it might be a nice subject to talk about. You know, inject a little romance. What do you mean, romance? You're playing the part of her father, aren't you? I had that out with the director, and I'm now her husband. My new role will be great for the picture. It won't hurt the makeup business, either. <laughs> All right. Now, don't forget, Don. Oh, uh, Warner Brothers, huh? Yeah. Be with you in a second, Mary. I want to get a tube of shaving cream. Hey, mister, um... Uh, give me a tube of shaving cream, will you? Got to turn in an old tube, you know. Got to turn in an old one. You know. <laughs> Look, I haven't got an old tube. Now hurry, will you? Government can... regulations. <laughs> But look, look. I don't make the laws, you know. Now, look, look. Wait. Come on, look. Jack. We'll be late for the program. I'm coming. Now, uh, look, mister, forget the shaving cream. Just give me a cigar. Gotta have an old one, you know. Never <laughs> mind. Forget the whole thing. Come on, Mary, let's go. Bounce played by the orchestra. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who has just started his new picture for Warner Brothers with lovely Ann Sheridan, Jack Glamour Boy Benny. Thank you. Hello again. This is Jack Benny, your glamour boy, like Don said. <laughs> uh, heaven knows I'd never go that far. Uh, Don, how in the world did you ever find out about my new picture with Ann Sheridan? Did you uh, read about it in some column? Hmm? Did you? No, Jack. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen anything about it in the papers. Well, then, how did you ever hear about it? I was trying to keep it a secret. Uh, how'd you find out, Don? Did a little bird tell you? Yeah, an old gray canary. Canary. <laughs> but it's the truth, Don. Uh, Ann Sheridan is my new leading lady, and she sure is a peach to work with. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, her... Her... Her enunciation is so clear and bell-like, and her... Her diction is simply marvelous, you know? And her... Her... That's Benny for you. With him, it's her diction. <laughs> Well, she is beautiful, I'll admit that. And confidentially, Don, I think her husband, George Brent, is a little jealous of me. What do you mean? Well, he happened to visit the set uh, the other day, just as Ann and I were doing a love scene. And right in the middle of a kiss, he got mad and walked out. Well, naturally, why did you kiss him? <laughs> I didn't kiss him, I kissed Miss Sheridan. Pay attention, will you? Anyway, Don, um... I think that this picture will be one of my best screen efforts to date. In fact, uh, I'm already getting fan letters on it. Really? Yep. He gets a bill from Bullock's and he calls it a fan letter. <laughs> I'm talking about real movie fans that write in. Don, you know that little poodle that used to run out and bring in my mail? What poodle? <laughs> well, I got a great Dane now. <laughs> uh, pretty clever, eh, Dozzy? Some ad lib. Now, wait a minute, you. That's my gag. You said St. Bernard. I said Great Dane. <laughs> it's a different gag altogether. You steal any more of my stuff and I'll play ring around your nosy. <laughs> oh, go sit down. Say, Jackson, do you think there's a chance of getting me in that new picture you're making? Well, I don't know, Phil. I'm Anne, I'm Anne Sheridan's husband. And what part could you play? Well, if you're her husband, she's got to have a sweetheart. <laughs> Listen, Maestro, I wouldn't make any more cracks like that if I were you. Lest next season, when I say play, Phil, I'll be addressing Phil Spitalny. <laughs> so watch it. Oh, you couldn't fire me, Jackson. I got too much on you. Oh, yeah? Well, listen, Phil, if you're referring to that night in Phoenix, that young lady was my aunt... I've never been to Phoenix. Hmm. Why don't I keep my big mouth shut? <laughs> Anyway, Phil, don't think I can't get along without you. Say, Mr. Benny. Oh, hello, Dennis. You met me in the drugstore, remember? Oh. Oh, yes. Say, Mr. Benny, can I come out to the studio and watch you work on your picture someday? Why, certainly, Dennis. Anytime you feel like it. That's swell. And say, while I'm out there, would you mind introducing me to a, to a certain somebody? <laughs> As if I didn't know, huh? Uh, who do you mean, Dennis? Oh, you'll tease me about it. No, no, no. Who do you want to meet? Edward G. Robinson. <laughs> Well, that I never figured. Mm, what a, well, it's about time for your song, kid, so let's have it. Okay. Hold it a minute. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Would you be interested in a toupee with no cuffs on it? Get out of here! <laughs> you ought to see his head, folks. The only thing he can part on it is his eyebrows. Sing, Dennis. 
Remember You, sung by Dennis Day, who would rather meet Edward G. Robinson than Ann Sheridan. And now, folks... I only wanted to meet Robinson so he would introduce me to Miss Sheridan. Well, why go to all that trouble? I could introduce you to Ann. Well, I wanted to meet her for nothing. <laughs> it wouldn't cost you anything. And now, folks... You charged me 25 cents to meet Barbara Stanwyck. You met Barbara Stanwyck and Robert Taylor. <laughs> and now, folks, that isn't worth a quarter, then I don't know what. And now, folks, Mr. Don Wilson, that eminent American author, has written another of his famous one-act plays. Take it, Mr. Wilson. The scene, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't run off, Dennis. You're in this. You're going to be an old prospector. Okay. Here, Phil. Hold my yo-yo. <laughs> Dennis, put that away. Go ahead, Don. The scene, ladies and gentlemen, is the home of Mr. and Mrs. Rufus Lemaire, who live in a cabin on the edge of the Mojave Desert in a desolate part of the West. They're just finishing their evening meal. Music, please. Well. Well, Sari, I thought our supper tonight was fine. There's nothing like barbecued coyote. Not only that, I got a fur coat out of it. <laughs> 
Yep, and that, uh, that jello we had for dessert was mighty tempting. Where did you get it? I walked 85 miles to our neighborhood grocer. Well, it sure was worth it. Say, Ruth, I seen a newspaper in town, and guess what? What? It says that men ain't gonna wear cuffs on their pants anymore. They ain't, eh? Say, I wonder if I got cuffs on my pants. Why don't you take off your boots sometime and find out? <laughs> One of these days, I'm a-going to. I wonder who that is. Come in. Hmm. Hello, stranger. Who are you? I'm a prospector. And for three weeks now, I've been lost in the desert without food or drink. I'm starving, I tell you, starving! Be calm, old-timer. Sit down. Okay, hold my yo-yo. <laughs> hmm. A fine prospector. I'm starving, I tell you. Starving! Don't worry. We'll take care of you. Yes, I'll fix you a nice hot dish of beef stew. Beef stew? Yep. No, thank you. I'm a vegetarian. Hmm. I'm starving, I tell you. Starving! Be patient. We'll think of something, stranger. Say, would you like a nice lettuce and tomato salad? What kind of dressing? French or Thousand Island? <laughs> Thousand Island. No, thank you. Hmm. I'm starving, I tell you. Starving! Well, you've got to eat something. Isn't there anything you'd like? Yes. Have you got some tempting and delicious jello? Jello? I'm sorry, partner. We had some, but we ate every bit of it. I'm going to make it again tomorrow, though. Okay, I'll be back. So long. So long, stranger. I'm starving, I tell you. Starving, starving. Hmm. Ah, folks. What other product can command such loyalty? <laughs> Uh, that little drama, ladies and gentlemen, was written by our own Don Wilson. And Don, that's the best one yet. Oh, I don't deserve too much credit for it, Jack. You see, that was a true story. I believe you. <laughs> now, um... Now, go over to your chairs and sit down. And now, folks... And now, folks, I would like to announce that our program next Sunday will originate from San Francisco, where we are going to dedicate the brand-new NBC Studios. In fact, we're going to do their very first broadcast. Well, I guess a new building can take it. Don't worry. If I can just get my writers out of Hurley's Bar and into a Turkish bath, we'll be okay. <laughs> now, kids, I uh, gave all of you your railroad tickets, so I better check them over to see if everything's all right. Phil, what's your uh, Pullman reservation? I'm sleeping in car 19, lower 5. Check. What's yours, Dennis? Car 19, lower 5. Check. Now, wait a minute. Never mind. Uh, what's yours, Don? Car 19, lower five. <laughs> uh, check. What's, uh... What's yours, Mary? Upper five. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> Don't mention it. Well, everything's okay, so remember, fellas, be at the station one half hour before train time. Now, take it easy, Jackson. Three of us can't sleep in one berth. Oh, of course not. We won't be comfortable. Listen, Don, in the days of Vaudeville, the four Marx brothers slept in one berth, and they had a harp besides. <laughs> so stop beefing. Well, Jack, if I was as thin as the four Marx brothers, I wouldn't complain. 
Don, the tickets are bought, and that's the way it's going to be. That's a lot of hooey about the March Brothers. How do you know they all slept in one berth? Jack was in the baggage car with Fink's mule. <laughs> you said it. In those days, when I said I was going to hit the hay, I meant it. <laughs> anyway, fellas, it's a short trip, so don't worry about it. Say, Mr. Benny, where are you going to sleep? Well, Dennis, on account of my insomnia, I think I'll just sit up in the chair car and read. I'll get a magazine. Well, buy a popular mechanics and find out how three guys can lay down in one berth. <laughs> Who said lay down? <laughs> lay down or, or lie down, which is correct. A lot of good that'll do us. <laughs> Listen, kids, will you please stop being so fussy? Say, how am I going to get up to San Francisco by carrier pigeon? Virgil, you're not going to be with us next week. You can tune in and listen. I wouldn't listen to this program if it was the pot of gold and I had the only telephone in the country. <laughs> oh, you, uh, you wouldn't, eh? That's topping him, Jack. I wasn't trying to top him. I don't want to hear any more about our trip. We're going there. We're going to open up the new studios. And immediately, as soon as... Hmm. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. Oh, hello, Rochester, what do you want? Well, boss, he did it before and he did it again. What? What are you talking about? Carmichael just came out of hibernation and I can't find the gas man. <laughs> you mean my polar bear woke up already? Why, he's not supposed to come out of hibernation till May 1st. He's early. So was the gas man. <laughs> Stop dreaming things up. Tell me, Rochester, was Carmichael in a good mood? Well, yes and no. What do you mean, yes and no? When he first got up, he came over and hugged me and squeezed me and he even tried to kiss me. Well. And then he put salt and pepper on me. <laughs> oh, that cute little rascal. I bet he's as thin as a rail. Uh-huh. Uh, you better give him something to eat, uh, Rochester, a lot of nourishing food. Uh-huh. Uh, what that bear needs is something fattening. I know one hunk of fudge you ain't gonna get. <laughs> oh, Rochester, stop. You know he loves you. Now, here's what you do. Give Carmichael a nice cold shower and then comb his hair out. Might be all uh, matted, you know. He don't like it when I comb his hair. Well, then give him a slap on his nose and make him behave. Let him know who's boss. I let him know once, then he let me know, and now there's no question about it. <laughs> well, all right, Rochester, just leave him alone. When I come home, I'll take care of everything. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, say, boss. Now what? I'm going up to San Francisco with you, ain't I? Yes, of course. Well, on this trip, am I going to be under 12 or Pullman Porter again? <laughs> You're getting a ticket. Now, goodbye. Mm, darn that Carmichael. Every year, the gas company wants to take my meter out. Oh, well, play, Phil. Here's a gay glistening dessert as bright and beautiful as spring itself. Jello cubes with strawberries. It's an enticing treat that will lend a grand touch of color and flavor to any meal you serve it with. Our folks will enjoy it. And just listen to how easy it is to make. Simply dissolve one package of orange jello in a pint of hot water. Next, turn into a shallow pan and chill until firm. Cut the jello into cubes and then arrange them in sherbet glasses with sweetened sliced strawberries using quick frozen strawberries if you wish. 
Serve either plain or with cream. What a dessert. So rich and inviting to look at, so gloriously good. Make the family this wonderful combination of sweet, juicy red strawberries and clear golden cubes of orange jello. Get several packages of orange jello tomorrow. But be sure when you do to get genuine jello because jello's flavor is locked in for your added enjoyment. This is the last number of the 29th program in the current jello series, and we will be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, broadcasting from the new NBC studios in San Francisco. So long, Jack. See you at the train. Wait a minute, Mary. We've all got to stick around today and put on a little entertainment for men in uniform. They'll all be coming in here in a few minutes. Oh, well, I'll just have time to write a poem. Oh, soldiers, sailors, and Marines, you're the nicest guys save I've it, ever seen. Save it, save it. Good night, folks. Friends, the same folks who make Jell-O make another wonderful dessert. Jell-O puddings. Three luscious puddings that you make with milk. Try Jell-O chocolate pudding, a smoother, mellower pudding you never tasted. And what a world of rich, homemade goodness it has. A grand chocolate flavor developed especially for Jell-O puddings by the famous Walter Baker chocolate people. So tomorrow, when you order Jell-O, ask for all three Jell-O puddings, chocolate, vanilla, and butterscotch. They're just like grandma's, only more so. <laughs> <laughs> 